Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wicknell. It's the last episode of this Friday. Mm. Yep. You ready for this? Well, I'm totally ready. I get, is... I get more energized the more of these we do. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first one, we're kind of like, ah. We're warming up, getting into it. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll never say if it's the first episode because then you'll know. We're at like manic level now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like jumping up and down <laughs> my seat. Super happy. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today? Um, this is an interesting concept, an addiction to thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I see this a lot in clients and, it, and it's, it's um, I guess, very akin to maybe rumination and worry. Um but, but I think in general, what I'm referring to here is, is clients who are particularly engaged and focused on their thoughts constantly. Hmm. What do you mean? Break that down for us a little bit more. What's an example? Um, they're, they're, more, they're more kind of focused. Th- their attention is way more focused on their thinking than what's actually happening in the real world around hmm. them. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of that thinking tends to be evaluative. You know, good enough, mm. good, bad. There's a lot of judgment sometimes in the thinking, mm. but so that's not as specific as just the idea that people are really kind of engaged deeply sometimes in their own thought, and they they really stare at their own thoughts a lot. Yes, yeah, so no, addiction is interesting because provocative, even because it implies that it's bad, <laughs> it's unhelpful, it's unhealthy, it's dysfunctional right? in a way. Yeah, Be- because it's it's good to point out thinking about your thinking is is a neutral thing it can be very helpful sometimes right people mm-hmm. talk about the uh, a technical term is metacognition which is literally mm-hmm. thinking about your thinking which is important for i mean we do it in therapy we encourage people to think about well what was the thought right before that emotion right yeah or how do or, your thoughts work in or general, like or... in education this is a really big concept like it's important to to think about how you're thinking about this test mm-hmm. right so like come like strategizing higher level thinking is mm-hmm. is is really important right um, but the point is just like thinking about your thinking can be really helpful. It can also be really unhelpful in the least distracting. Sorry. The very, at, at the very minimum, oh, it it's distracting. Yeah. 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 So what, what does this look like? If you, if you were to say someone is addicted to thinking, what would that like? Yeah. Draw, paint that picture for us. Often I get uh, people who describe long periods of time where they're, um, kind of intensely engaged in um, evaluating their thoughts or, or, you know, or their behaviors or thinking about behaviors and, and their thoughts about them are just concepts. And they're, um, um, it, again, I see a lot in evaluation that thoughts just kind of are repetitively evaluative. Um, what is that person thinking of me? Did I do good enough on that? They they jump from topic mm-hmm. to topic almost, but there's always this kind of judgmental flow of thought um, that they're kind of really concerned and oh, focused on. So it's not just they're addicted to thinking about their thinking, but it's also just being in kind of this analysis, judgment, problem-solving mode all Constantly. the time. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the... When I have clients who struggle with this, um, the metaphor I sometimes I use is gears in a car Mm -hmm. you know like you if you're going like going i don't know 80 miles an hour down the freeway in sixth gear is really fun right and 
most people don't associate going in reverse out of your driveway as fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. But that doesn't mean that like reverse is any worse or better than sixth gear, right? They're, they're just different depending they're just on them. They're used for different things. What's important in terms of being a good driver is that given a, in a current situation, in a given situation, you use the gear that's most appropriate. You don't want to mm-hmm. try and go sixth gear out of your driveway, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you don't want to go to reverse down <laughs> yeah. the freeway. So I think similarly, problem solving, analysis, judgment, comparison, mm-hmm. it's a really useful gear sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But if you can't shift out of it, mm-hmm. it's like imagine if you could only drive your car in six gear at 80 miles an hour. It'd be great if you're on the freeway, if you're in a school zone in the middle of a neighborhood, that would be terrifying and probably dangerous if you couldn't. And so that, I, to me, that's like these people who are kind of addicted to thinking, this kind of evaluative, uh, analytical, problem-solving thinking. The that way of thinking isn't the problem. It's that you get stuck in it and you can't shift out of that and do something else when yeah. it's not working for you. Yeah, it seems like habitually that is your mode of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, and that you up, it's the tool you apply to every problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? or every scenario. Yep. Yeah, constantly. It's like you're a carpenter and a hammer is literally the only tool in your tool belt. Right. It's great if you have to like punch nails in, but what if you have to screw something or you know like what there's a million tools you need to be a good carpenter if you're only doing using one yeah it's really going to limit not going to work your, so well yeah. and so yeah it is it is kind of people who are maybe stuck in a uh, an analysis mode or 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 better yet you know the human experience is made up of a lot of things and thinking is one of them um you know but you probably also want to shift into the gear of being present around your work and, and people and relationships and things like that. But they seem to find themselves stuck in thinking and often it's stuck in thinking and evaluating. Yeah. That, that's an interesting nuance too, because you can be, I think you can, you can think analytically or, or sort of in a problem solving way mm-hmm. without necessarily thinking in a judgmental way. Right. Right. Without classifying everything as good or bad, mm-hmm. right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's, that's even kind of a sub-gear that can be helpful. It's not that you have to stop thinking necessarily, but instead of thinking, is this good or bad or right or wrong, you could think, is this helpful or unhelpful? Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> this comes up a lot with, um, with rumination, people who are like really angry about something that's happened to them in the past. Mm-hmm. And they, the, they justify continuing to go over and over and over this thing because, well, it's true. If this happened, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but is it helpful? Is it helping you at all to continue to think about this thing at all? To replay that. Yeah, to replay yeah. it over and over and over again. And, and so that's, you can get stuck in these really unhelpful patterns if you don't consider like alternative gears for your thinking. Mm-hmm. Or that, um, well, a lot of times rumination and worry come in these forms where um, people are, are less aware of their ability to kind of intentionally shift their focus off of that, right? Where... Um, I, I tell my clients sometimes this is a metaphor that doesn't always land though, Nick. I've had clients tell me. I'll That's what this honest. podcast is for. Is it's metaphors that don't <laughs> land in therapy. Know. That's not true. <laughs> so many of these land. Um, but but I, I, I sometimes say that clients um, struggle with kind of standing under the waterfall of their own thoughts, right? Like, and, and opening their mouth. It's like they don't realize that they can step back away from that stream mm. and, and pick out the parts that are helpful for them. You know, instead it's like they're just kind of getting down this downpour constantly of thought um, that isn't always all that 
useful or functional. Most of our thoughts probably aren't all that useful or functional, but, but how do you get better at selecting the streams of thought that work for you um, or generating those streams of thoughts that work for you? Well, I think that's a, a lot of people have a hard time distinguishing or maybe even never been introduced to the distinction between um, attention and thinking. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Attention is what you choose to focus on, including your own thoughts or memories or feelings or whatever. Um, whereas thinking is like when, when you're doing work mental work on something, mm, right? Mm-hmm. You're analyzing it, you're comparing it, you're evaluating it, you're Operating dicing it up, it. you're putting yeah. it back. Yeah, you're doing some sort of work on mm-hmm. it. And that again, that can be really helpful. It can be really unhelpful, but you don't even have to do that. You can just switch and switch your focus to something else and simply observe and pay attention to something else. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, to, to realize like, oh, I've been in my mind kind of kind of humming away at my thoughts and, and I'm missing out on what's going on or I'm driving or I'm with my kids or I'm with my partner or whatever it is, but to get good at kind of um, at least monitoring what your mind At least recognizing that that's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, the more I deal with this, the, the more I think, you know, this isn't really surprising that we, that we get addicted to this kind of um, analytical problem solving thinking and have a hard time getting out of it. Because or that it grabs our attention. Right. Yes. Our focus. Yeah. Because I think, at least in our culture, we we spend so much time and energy and are given so many rewards and punishments around thinking and problem solving and judgment. Oh, some we really spend, good things come out of those things, right? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, see, first of all, it's just a time thing. You spent most kids until they're eighteen, early twenties, sometimes even up into their thirties. Literally all they do is school. That's like your huge bulk of your time mm-hmm. is in school being taught to and reinforced for thinking about stuff hard, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Often very analytically and judgmentally even, right. right? And so you're spend a ton of time doing it. You are reinforced heavily for doing it from mm-hmm. good grades to praise from your parents. Yeah, whatever. if you're good at it, which means you yep. do it a lot. Right. right. And the fact that like, a lot of the time, thinking hard and well leads to really good outcomes, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So all of that means it's very hard, I think, to really come to grips with the idea that like, even though it's really helpful and I've been rewarded for it and I'm so good at it and I've spent all this time doing it, it's not always really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Right? So just culturally, it doesn't surprise me at all that so many people struggle with this. It's not really helpful and there are other things. There are things around me that no, I may want to draw my attention no. to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so other than that, other than we're, in some ways we're kind of indoctrinated into constantly being in thinking mode by the way we're sort of raised in Evaluation what society mode, yeah, yeah. values. What, what else do you think kind of causes people to get stuck in this sort of addiction to thinking, always thinking about stuff? <sighs> what else would, would prompt someone to repetitively think about things well I, I mean you, you see this a lot with anxiety and fear right mm. this kind of idea that you've always got to be um, aware mm-hmm. of what's going on around you so um, if, if, if I can see people who are raised in kind of angry households or um, or house households that really um, where they felt like they they weren't safe. Individuals oh, yeah. weren't safe. So everything's a potential threat. Everything's a potential threat. Which means I've got to well, be I've always got to be kind solving. of assessing and evaluating yeah. and, and preparing kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, I see that too. That's super common. Mm-hmm. Um, 
One thing I see too is I, I think this kind of hyper thinking, this sort of addiction or getting stuck in thinking analysis judgment mode, I think often it is a unconscious defense mechanism against feeling. So I think what people do, much like people would use, say, alcohol as a way to numb out or avoid painful feelings or experiences, mm -hmm. it's a distracting mechanism. I think people intellectualize to avoid dealing with just sort of the raw emotion and feeling of things. Yeah. Right. So for instance, like you, let's say you, uh, you've had a super long day, the office is really stressed out and overwhelming. You get home from work and your spouse says, oh, how was your day, honey? And you say like, oh, like it was fine. Or like it, it was kind of stressful. And then you start like describing all these things that, that happened and sort of analyzing why your workplace is so bad and like what your boss should be doing. And like, it could be, a, it could be that like, at the end of the day, you feel just like really angry and anxious about your experience at work but you're uncomfortable just saying something like, you know what, I, like, I just feel really sad about how miserable I am at work, mm -hmm. right? Or I, I'm just really ashamed of this mistake I made. And work. instead you're intellectualizing. Yeah, or, you intellectualize or, it. Yeah. And you, you get, go into this like thought, like abstract kind of judgmental problem-solving way as mode as a way to avoid having to do that kind of scarier work of acknowledging the painful feelings. I'm really unhappy there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I think you're right. I think one of the bigger underrated ones is boredom. Oh, yeah. Um, here, here's a challenge for you. This will okay. be fun. Um, the next time you notice that you've grabbed your phone and you're checking it, see if it wasn't boredom <laughs> that prompted you to do that. Right. I mean, as, as soon as we get a bit of free time, people are looking for something to think about, to see, to read, to whatever. I mean, we really have this habit of kind of needing stimulation. And I mm -hmm. think thought and getting lost in thought is, is an easy way to do that when you're bored. Yeah. Or when something's tedious. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. It, it makes me think too of another reason people get stuck in thinking, especially thinking about stuff that's happening or stuff that has happened to them is that ironically, I think a lot of people are afraid of their own thoughts. They're afraid of what their mind might throw at them. Mm. Memories, feelings, mm -hmm. unintended fantasies, like all sorts of stuff. And so that the idea is if I keep myself thinking about certain things that I'm comfortable thinking with, I'm going to be distracted from that other stuff that my mind might throw at me. If I can keep my mind busy enough, I won't think of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So people who get really, they're constantly thinking about work, right? Or they're constantly thinking about their relationship or they're constantly thinking about their kids or whatever it is. Sometimes what that is, is it's a way to, if I just keep my focus constantly on these thoughts that I'm very familiar with, right? I can, I can sort of shut out any other like scary thoughts, feelings, memories, whatever that might pop up. Yeah. I don't have to deal with them. I can avoid my own mind, mm -hmm. so to speak. Ooh. Don't avoid your own mind. I mean, it's tempting. Some people, I, I can see why it's tempting for some people. It's <laughs> like the mind can throw pretty scary stuff at you. 
Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.